Blog Talk Radio. Of 
individuals, no, I'm going to take that back, a team of cowards, uh, attacked and uh, attacked uh, innocent citizens of the city of Paris, France. Uh, there were o- over almost 130 casualties, many people injured, and a lot of lives affected by the actions of this group of, of, of cowards. Um, in response to that, the NFL uh, had made had released a statement about how security was going to be for this past weekend's games. Um, before I get into this, I just want to first say, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone that was affected by the actions of uh, these individuals, these individuals who also uh, committed suicide. Uh, again, that's why I call them cowards. Uh, but that's my, you know, that's how I feel. Uh, my prayers go out to them. Now, Tim, I want to pose the question to you. Uh, yes, sir. You've probably been, you've probably been to uh, sporting events uh, post 9-11. And yeah. so my question to you is, is that since post 9-11 with all these, you know, the events, do you, do you still feel safe uh, going to these events? Do you feel safe or is there a sense of, you know, this could happen to us? Oh, yeah, I, I definitely feel safe. Like, I actually went to the uh, Cavs game at Verizon Center. Um, it was uh, two, oh, two weeks ago on a Saturday, even before this happened, and they had extra, um, extra, um, extra, you know, extra um, police, extra, lots of extra metal detectors, and I, I just feel safe. I, I feel safe. It's... Uh, I think they're taking every precaution that they can, especially at sports games, to uh, make sure we're safe. Right. No, I, I, I definitely understand that. I will say um, I've been to FedEx Field quite a few times for uh, for Redskins games, and I can say that the, the, you know, the security there is, you know, very tight. Uh, you know, you have out in the park a lot, you know, you have PG. You have the presence of PG County police. You go to the, uh, you know, you try to get into any of the gates, and they have uh, tight security. I mean, security. I wouldn't say it's like airport security, but it tries to. It, it somewhat comes close. Um, but I have to be completely honest with you in saying that, you know, it may not be as safe as it seems. Um, and the reason I say that is because, you know, a lot of people before nine eleven figured they would be safe on an airplane. Um, and then look what happened. Three airplanes crashed, thousands of lives lost, and now, you know, airport security is like beefed up to the point that, you know, it you know, they tell you to be at the airport almost two hours in advance of your flight in order to get through security. Um, so I feel that the NFL taking the move that they did this past weekend with increasing security, it, it it concerns me because why are we waiting until something happens to increase security? Why is it not being put in place and staying in place? Why are we waiting until a tragedy happens, especially a tragedy in another country, having us uh, causing us to want to 
do something about it. It shouldn't be that way. The security should already be heightened and tight as and tight as uh, a fish's vagina when it comes to you know when it comes. I'm just saying when it comes to our yeah. security of these of these um you know of these sporting venues. Absolutely. You know because a lot of these, a lot of these sporting venues nowadays. You know, they hold 80, 70, 80, 90,000 people, which, you know, would be a terrorist dream to attack when you have that many people in one location. And it's like, you know, uh, that would be the, like that's, that would be a perfect setting for them. But, you know, that's why I would say the security needs to be heightened a lot more, a lot exactly. more. And it needs to stay in place, not wait until a terrorist attack happens for them to say, Oh, we need to up security. Yeah. You know, and uh again, like I said, my heart my heart definitely uh goes out to the folks out uh, out there in, in France. Uh matter of fact there was footage that was played, you know, in the aftermath of all this when it first um hit the news the way news waves. Um there was a friendly soccer match going on and during that match you can hear the explosions like they were almost, it was almost like the explosions were close to the to the stadium, um, and that's a scary thing. That is such a scary thing to deal with when you have um, supposedly at a at a at a soccer match, and all of a sudden you're sitting in the stands and you hear you hear something like that. It will be very disconcerting because then you don't know what to do. You don't know if you should leave the the stadium and you might end up getting getting killed by gunfire or you stay put and then they come in there and kill you anyway. You know, it's, 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 it's quite scary, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, like I said, don't, uh, my, my suggestion is don't wait until something happens, heighten the security, keep it in place. And, you know, give, try to give some of us, us sports fans some kind of peace of mind. Um, when it comes to this, give us some peace of mind, you know? Exactly. Yeah, so um, let's let's move let's move on let's move on. Um, well, Tim, since we do have you on the line and you are a a hockey <laughs> fanatic, I mean, your Facebook profile picture is you in a Caps jersey. Almost every Facebook picture you have is you in a Caps jersey. So we can't say that you're not a Caps fan. I mean, let's be for real here. Uh, so. You know, why don't you talk about what's been going on so far with the uh, with the NHL season? You know, who's who's already showing that they're you know who's already showing something early this year? Who's you know pretending and who's in the middle of the pack and things of that nature? And I'll just you know you know maybe you ask know, you some questions. You know what, champ? I right now as much as it pains me to say, because the last few years they knocked us out of the playoffs. Uh, the New York Rangers have, they, they're where I expected them at the top of the Metro Division, you know, leading the Eastern Conference. You've got the Montreal Canadiens in the Eastern Conference. They're doing great. Uh, the Cats, I, I, you know, I, I think the Cats are right where they need to be. I think they can challenge the Rangers for the first spot. Surprisingly, Penguins have uh, disappointed me so far this season. Uh, they, you know, all that firepower they have with Crosby and Malkin and then the big pickup of Phil Kessel, 
uh, where has he been? Um, you know, they just don't seem to have that chemistry yet. Uh, and defensively, they're having a lot of issues. Out west, uh, Anaheim Ducks, they're a big surprise, but in a bad way. They're, they're you know, they're, they're, the Ducks are a team that are supposed to go to the Stanley Cup and win the Stanley Cup, but uh, they struggle coming out of the gate here in the first about month and a half of the season, so uh, I'm hoping they'll pick it up. That's, that's interesting. Uh, and just, you know, by the way, um, right now the Caps are actually playing in Detroit on um, – and it's actually on national TV, and they're currently tied at one apiece, uh, midway through the uh, almost midway through the third period. So um, that's you know, I would say go check out that game. But also you know, luckily we're on 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 the you know we're a podcast and we're streaming live on your computer, so you can listen to this and you can watch the you know cast game if you so choose. So yeah, absolutely but, uh, multicast. <laughs> Exactly. But uh, my question to you, though, Tim, like I said, you are, you know, a hockey guy. Um, yeah. Is, um, you know, who so far has um, had a good performance so far on the season for their teams, like individual performance? Individual performance, has, I have to go with the Dallas Stars. Uh, Dallas Stars captain Jamie Benn has been unbelievable. He uh, was the – Art Ross Trophy winner last season, and he's picked up where he was last season. He is really coming into his own. He's uh, becoming a leader out there for Dallas, and he's really a force to be reckoned with. All right, and um, and you know, in terms of disappointments as a, you know, individual performance, who would you say has so far been uh, disappointing? Oh, Sidney Crosby, definitely. He, uh, you know, he's supposed to be the face of the league and the face of the, uh, you know, obviously the face of Pittsburgh Penguins. And he is, he's been a minus player so far this season. He hasn't. He really hasn't produced up to Sidney Crosby numbers. I don't know if there's an injury that they're not telling everybody with him, but it, he definitely has been a surprise where a disappointment this season so far. Well, there you go. That's it. That you know that hockey, hockey knowledge from from DJ Tiny Tim, uh, breaking it down for us. And once again, like I said, the Capitals currently are uh, tied with the Detroit Red Wings one one all uh, going on right now. Uh, it's nine nineteen left in the third period. So you know, hopefully the home team uh, breaks. You know, gets that victory or at least gets a point out of it with a tie. Uh, though I do want the victory, I'm just saying. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I would think you would want the victory, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're actually going to move forward. Uh, we're going to look at college football. Um, as you know, we're now in the – we're definitely now getting into the, the meat and potatoes of the season. The last uh, two games of the season are upon us, um, and we are looking forward to the – college football playoffs and all the rankings um and uh right now the third the third rankings were released earlier this week um to show who would be in that playoff um december 31st if december 31st but if the season were to end today who would be in the um who would be in that in that playoff so um 
I'm currently like pulling up the rankings, but first of all, I want to ask you, how do you feel about the college football playoff ranking system? Do you think that it's a better uh it's better for college football than the BCS? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I used to call the uh the BS uh the uh BS BCS. <laughs> yeah, I think you and a lot of people did. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people did. But um, I will say, but like I said, I will say this: I do like what they're doing with this, with the um, the playoff series, because then it definitely, you know, gives teams an incentive to um, to you know play well during the season, because you know a lot of people can play pretty good, but have a crappy schedule, and they end up being the number one team in the nation automatically playing in a national championship against the, team, the number two ranked team who probably played an even crappier schedule yeah. in terms of strength. And, you know, then you have two, you know, in many people's opinion, two unworthy football teams playing for the national championship in a game that nobody wants to see. And it's just like, uh, I think I'll pass. Thank you. Yeah. But now with this here, you know, with this, playoff series, now you have it where four teams will play two games within a week of each other to determine who will be the national champion, which is the way it should be. Absolutely. For me, I, I'm like, bring it on. This is going to be great. Exactly. I, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to like I said, last year was actually pretty good because it definitely showed who really should be the national champion and who was just pretending. And so this year I expect it to be no different uh, when it comes down to who's going to be, the, you know, in that playoff and who's going to be national champion and who's just pretending and what what have you. Um, here, are the, here are the standings uh, for this week, that uh, November 17th. They came out yesterday. Um, right now the top four, the season were to end today, the uh, four teams that would be in the college football playoff would be Clemson, number one, uh, Alabama number two, Ohio State number three, and Notre Dame number four. Now, here's something to think about. Two of the four teams in the top four have one loss, whereas the other two teams are unbeaten, 10-0. and 0. The fifth and sixth ranked teams in that playoff, Ohio, uh, Iowa and Oklahoma State, unbeaten. Unbeaten. But they're sitting, they're sitting on the outside looking in. Um. And as I, you know, continue to look at the rankings, the only other undefeated team really on here is Houston. They sit at 19, 19th, but they're 10-0. But, I mean, they play in a very, very weak conference. So um, that's why it's, you know, that's why it's no surprise that they're so far down there. But, you know, what do you think about the fact that there are two one-loss teams in the top four of the college football playoff whereas there are two unbeaten teams that still sit and uh, they're sitting on the outside looking in, and if the season were to end the day, they wouldn't be in the playoffs. You know, as a, as a sports player in general and sports fan, I would not be happy. You, they're undefeated and the other teams have losses. I would want – yeah, I, I'm not happy with that. Uh, the teams that are undefeated that have not lost the game should be in, not the teams that have one loss. You know, they, they, the other teams who 
who are looking or outside looking in right now have a better record. <laughs> this is true. Though I think that a lot of what goes into these um what goes into this would have to be, you know, strength of schedule. And I mean, I guess the the people who come up with these the formulas for this are pretty much saying that, you know, Iowa and Oklahoma State who play in one of the, you know, in what was known as one of the toughest conferences in football, the Big 12, obviously they're not, you know, their schedule hasn't factored strong enough against, you know, Alabama and Notre Dame. You know, Alabama plays in the the vaunted SEC, and Notre Dame, uh, I believe, now plays in the, is is still either independent or they play in the Big East or something like that. I know they, they, they're actually in a conference, so I guess that that's what, you know, they're basing it on. So I kind of, like I said, I I kind of question that logic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know that 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 is that's that's just me. Um, other another college football note is that um, what is what in the hell is going on with the University of Maryland? <laughs> yeah, your guess is as good as mine. Who? <laughs> I mean, what the hell is going on with that team? They get they got blown out again this time by Michigan State this past Saturday and it seems like you know it's just falling apart for this team. This just this week they've had to suspend two offensive players uh, for the, for the rest of the season due to violations of the uh, team's student code of conduct policy or something like that. Two. Too, and I'm just like, wait, what? Like, huh? Are you are you serious with me right now? And I'm just like, you know, it's just it's just it's just it's it, it's whew, Lord have mercy. I just can't yeah. wrap my head around it. No, absolutely not. It, you're playing. You're you're you you get this gift to play football and to uh, you know you've got an incredible ride right now and to do this. It's you know, come on, come on, man. <laughs> exactly. Not even come on, man. It's more like, come on, son. You know, absolutely. Like, well, it's like, come on, son. Um, uh, here are the names of the guys that were that were suspended. Uh, one of them is actually a quarterback uh, for the team, um, Gage Schaefer. Uh, he violated the student athlete code of conduct, um, and he was actually a red shirt. Um, he was actually a red shirt, red shirting this year, and hadn't appeared in the game this season. But now he's pretty, his season's pretty much done. And the other person who was suspended for violating the code of conduct was running back Wes Brown. Uh, so yeah, they that's two players that are going to be sitting down uh, for the remaining two games of the season. Even though, really at this point, Maryland really has nothing to play for because. They basically just, you know, they basically shit the bed the entire season, and now they're they're pretty much not going to be eligible for a bowl. I mean, they'll be lucky if after a performance like this, and then having to fire the coach in the middle of the season, that they'll be able to even have a de- have decent um, recruiting class this coming um, off season. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, but I just hmm. I don't know. I just I just wonder what is in the world is going on over there at College Park that this team that, you know, uh, uh, just a couple of years ago, and I'm pretty sure you remember this, a couple of years ago, 
they, you know, they were actually a very, very talented team in the ACC. And then last year, their first year in the Big Ten, and they were awesome. Yeah, they they did not they didn't do better. They were doing great. Yeah, but now you know now that you fast forward this year, and all of a sudden it just falls apart. Randy Essel gets fired middle of the season. By the way, can I just say I was glad about that because Randy Essel sucks as a coach. Can I just say that? <laughs> Yeah, they should have yeah. kept his ass. They should have kept his ass in 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 Connecticut, in Connecticut, where he belonged. He was at the University of Connecticut before he came to Maryland. He should they should have kept his ass there instead of bringing him here and ruining this football team. And I also want to say that the quarterback they had before, I can't even. I I just forgot that Bama's name. He sucks so bad. I'm glad <laughs> they finally dished that that piece of that piece of crap because he was all he was god awful. I could have went out there and played quarterback for Maryland and played a lot better than him. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I mean, but let's. I mean, but yeah. I, I'm just like, I'm just dumbfounded how one year ago you go out there and you play amazing in the for your first year in this conference, and then you come out the next year, and all of a sudden it's just like, well, okay, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, okay. It's like, was that a tease? What? Yeah, what is this? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, was this a tease? What's, what's, what's really going on? So, yeah, that's where we are with that. Um, but, yeah, the college football uh, playoffs uh, rankings are keep coming out until the final week of the season. And then, you know, it'll be the determination of who will be the four teams that will play for the national championship. Um, so let's move on. And we got to get into uh, NFL football. We got to get into this past week of football. And um, Tim, I think you already know we're going to go with on this first. <laughs> and that was, you know, and Poetry, who's our, you know, president and CEO of this, uh, of this very network. Uh, I'm sorry, pal. You know, you know, I got nothing but love for you, but your team got their ass ripped on on Sunday, man. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> what did you think of that game, Tim? Oh man, it it. <laughs> what did I say? It was it. I have no words. It was so bad. <laughs> I know, it right? So, I mean, it was just. It looked like a completely different team. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's like Jekyll and Hyde. Yep. So, like, just, you know, give me your thoughts on, like, what you saw and, like, what you thought about how everything just clicked. They they looked good. The, the offensive line looked great, you know. Um, the, um, <laughs> uh, excuse me, the, um, I thought Kirk looked great. I mean, one of the best games I, I've seen him play, you know. And, uh, you know, defensively, they you know, the, you know they, that that pick six was great. Uh, you know, I think they're uh, they're doing things the right way over there. It's about time. <laughs> yeah. I will say this: uh, out of all the the scoring drives they that the Redskins had, and they had quite a few of them, include especially after that, they they um, the Saints tied the score. They definitely have quite a few scoring drives, but I think their most impressive. Scoring drive had to be the first one. I mean, would you agree? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, 
I mean, I mean, you look at the scoring drive, and it's just amazing because first off, it started off with two penalties, so they were already they they, they were pretty much backed up on close to their own end zone. So you already figure, oh, it's gonna be one of those games, isn't it? Um, and then next thing you know, they go 96 yards in 10 plays and took six minutes and 46 seconds of the clock to score a touchdown. And it was, it, I think that was just the most impressive scoring drive they have in the entire game because most of their scoring drives, I mean, they were pretty impressive. I will say that they had, um, you know, they had a, a couple of them where you know. One one of them they had was eight plays, eighty yards, um, that made gave him a touchdown. Then they had a couple of drives, you know, five plays, fifteen yards, no touchdown. Then they had one; it was two plays, eighty yards, and that was the one where Matt Jones with seventy six yards on a screen pass uh, for a touchdown. Um, and then you think about the the um, another scoring drive where they made a field goal; it was seven plays, sixty seven yards. And then another field goal made was eight plays, sixty-four yards. I mean, basically, people like people. I'm hoping people are getting, you know, what I'm looking at. Basically, it was what this team has needed to do for the longest time, and that's sustain drives and keep offenses their their opponents' offense off the field. Right? Absolutely. Yep. And then, and then you know. That and that's what Gruden needed to do. Now, Kurt, this is the second straight game that he's actually played very well. So I'm gonna ask you because I I think everybody knows my thoughts on it, but I want to hear yours. Are you sold on Kirk Cousins being the starting quarterback of this team? I am. I, I you know what I am. I have been. I think Kurt moves the chains. Uh, you can tell the team has, for some reason, when Kurt's under center, the team, ha- you can see the team has a lot more confidence in him. They, they, I, for some reason, it just seems like they protect better for him. And I, I just think he, the sky is the limit with Kirk Cousins. Uh, I, he's just still so, he's still so young. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely sold on him. I'm still not. I mean, a lot of people are going to wonder why I'm not sold on him. But, I mean, again, there's two games in a row that he's had good games. That's nice. But I want to see it consistently. I want to see him continue to play this way the rest of the season. If he plays this way the rest of the season, then I'm sold. Right now, I'm still not sold. Somebody tried to convince me the other day. He's like, he's the most accurate quarterback in the NFL right now. And I'm just like, yeah. Through two, two through two freaking games, yeah. <laughs> you know, come talk, come talk to me when he's actually played four games and has been this accurate, and then I'll be like, okay, you know, I, I then I'll be like, okay, I think Drew, I think um, Kirk Cousins is, is something something to look at here. I mean, look at, I mean, look at his stat line from Sat from Friday, um, this past Sunday, twentieth twenty five three twenty four. Four touchdowns, no INTs. He was only sacked three times. I mean, that's a good stat line. But again, I want to see it consistently. Absolutely consistency. You know, I want to see consistency. Though, like I said, I love the fact that uh, the offense was able to sustain drives, keep the you know keep the uh, um, Drew Brees and them on the sidelines 
I think what really stood out for me is the run game. What do you think? Oh, definitely, definitely. You got the uh, – I call him the two-headed monster. You got uh, Big Al, Alfred Morris, and uh, Jones. Just uh, those two, I think when those two are on their game and running like they can, uh, they're unstoppable. I tend to I tend to agree. And I mean this is this is a telling stat right here. Out of the five hundred and ten yards of total offense that the Redskins had on Sunday against the Saints, two hundred and nine of those were on the ground. So Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And that's basically after coming on two straight games where they they didn't even break a hundred yards as a team rushing the football. For them to turn around and run the football for 209 yards, it's, you know, it definitely shows that, you know, maybe the coaching staff realized we have very talented running backs on this team. We need to, we need to like, utilize them. Absolutely. You know, we need to utilize them. Um, and, you know, not to get too far off topic, but um, – a bit of news, Silas Red was actually suspended today. Uh, he was suspended four games for violation of the league's substance abuse policy. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? That that, that substance abuse policy is no joke. That thing is no joke. Let's see. Now, this story is, uh, is from the from the score app, um, again, uh, Silas Red, Redskins running back, suspended four games for a violation of the NFL's po- policy and program for substance abuse. Um, Red is actually currently on injured reserve after um, suffering suffering a knee injury in the uh, in the preseason. Um, he joined the team uh, last year as an undrafted uh, rookie and actually recorded 16 carries for 75 yards of a touchdown as a rookie last year. But, again, he was on injured reserve, but now he's essentially done, you know, as soon as he's eligible and, he, you know, next season, I'm pretty sure he'll have to serve out that four-game suspension. Uh, but what are, your, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, man, you know, uh, play the game. I mean, I I miss I remember the old days for you know at least for hockey it would be uh, you know meet you know guys uh, guys wouldn't they would just work out you know do their workouts and play you know play their and play the game and have meat and potatoes you know and you know before the game and you know nobody took performance enhancing drugs or all these uh, supplements and illegal supplements. Uh, you know what? Just play the game on the abilities that you already have. Don't try to enhance them, you know, chemically or medically or however you're going to do it. Just do it naturally like they did in the old days. Yeah, I, dude, I'm right there with you. I just feel like, you know, this generation, they just feel like they need that edge. They need that, you know, that help to, to get to that that level. And it's, you know, like you said, it's like you know, go on your the ability, the ability that you have, in order to be successful. I mean, the NFL is not for everybody, so it's no point in going out there and trying to, you know, do something like this. 
and you know that's let's 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 be for real here. You know, eventually, you know, you're going to end up getting caught, and you know, once you get caught, then what? Absolutely. You know, then what? Uh, but I I do got a question though. I do got a question. Yes, sir. Can we talk about can we talk about the Cowboys not winning a game in the last two months? <laughs> can we talk about that? You know, I can I can feel your excitement about that through the phone here. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. I'm like, you know, Cowboys fans really swore up and down that this was going to be their year, et cetera, et cetera. And then they turn around and they they won their first two games. That's awesome. But then Tony Romo goes down and they haven't won a game since. They've lost seven straight, and they lost their seven straight loss came this past Sunday in a ten to six loss to rookie Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So my question to you is: Should the Cowboys just mail it in and just call the season a loss? No. As much as I want to say yes, the competitive side of me says, no, absolutely not. You play until the final whistle, the final horn, the final game. Who cares what the record is? Don't call it a loss yet. You know, I as a as a fan, you know, of anything of everything, I would just say just, you know, play just keep playing. Just keep playing. You know, they're they're you're saying there's a chance. There's probably not for them, but you know, just just keep playing. I'm not calling it a loss. Okay, so follow up question. You saying, you know, don't mail it in, just keep playing and everything. Do you believe because there are a lot of Cowboys fans out there, especially on social media, who are going on social media and are proclaiming that the moment that Tony Romo returns this Sunday, he's scheduled to return He's eligible to return this Sunday. Uh, I believe it's against the Dolphins. There are a lot of Cowboys fans who believe wholeheartedly that their team still has a shot to make the playoffs the moment he steps foot on that field Sunday. Do you believe that? You know what? I, I, I get to give those Cowboys fans a lot of credit and a big shout out. You know, God bless you guys for believing. But no, just just because Tony Romo's back does not mean that they are going to automatically become unbeaten. He's going to become Tom Brady and bring the, you know, bring the Cowboys to the Super Bowl. No, he, he hasn't played a game. We've had seven games. He has to get back in a game. You know, he's got to get back in, like, game playing shape and, like, the speed of the game. It's different than just going out there and practicing. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, that – and. I think that's what the the point that needs to be made is that, you know, yes, it's the numbers show that every time that anytime somebody replaces Romo as a starting quarterback, the team does not win, which, you know, you know, contradicts the whole Romo's a choker type of thing when it comes to the fact that the Cowboys can't win without him. But I just don't believe that because he comes back and he's back in the fold, that this team's going to all of a sudden win out their last seven games uh, and make the playoffs. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate. 
yeah. if you look at the standings of the of the of the NFC East right now, <laughs> the team that leads that division, the New York Giants, are at five hundred. They're five and five. And you know who's the team behind them? Can you take a guess, Tim, or who's behind them? Oh, our Washington Redskins. Exactly. We're behind them by a game, a half a game. We're four and five. We're right we're right on their tails. So here's something to think about is that the the division leader is only at five hundred and the t- closest team to them is one game below five hundred. The Cowboys like this division can easily be won or lost in these last seven games. Wouldn't you agree on that? Like wouldn't it, oh. like wouldn't you think that that would happen? Absolutely. And you know, you can't count out Philly. You know, though Sam Bradford, he got injured this past week. He may not play. He injured his shoulder, I believe it was, so he may not play this next game, which means it'll be Dirty Sanchez time in in, in um, Philly. But um, I'm just, like, wondering who in the world is going to win the NFC East? Oh, I think that's the question on everybody's mind. Uh your guess is good as mine. I'm going to go out here on a limb, and I'm going to call it right now, and I'm going to get ridiculed for this, and everybody's going to beat me for this. I think our Washington Redskins are going to win this division. That is that is a bold prediction, bro. Um, that's very bold. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I mean, I understand. I understand. You know, going that route, especially given the fact that the Redskins, you know, are starting to you know, starting to do something, even though the last uh, couple games they played, they played against um, the the games that where, you know, Cousins played well, they've been against, you know, subpar teams. So that's one thing to consider is, like, can they beat a playoff-caliber team? Can they beat a team that's been to the playoffs? Mm-hmm, and that's the big – that's the that's the big question there. Yep, can they do that? But um, I think another game that really was excite was really another uh, aspect of last week that was really like insane to look at and to think about was Peyton Manning is playing so bad right now. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's playing. Well, Go ahead. Yeah, well, what what is he like? Well, first of all, what is he like? Eighty five, ninety? How old is he now? <laughs> like he's been playing forever. Yeah, uh, you yeah. ain't shit. I, you ain't shit. Yeah. You ain't shit. He ain't that old. <laughs> you ain't shit. But, uh, he's he's pretty up there in age, though. I will say that he's pretty up there in age. But I mean, the talk is that he's dealing with a lot of he's dealing with some injuries. You know, old age started to catch up with him. And he he's struggling. He did break uh, Brett Favre's record for most passing yards in a career. Congratulations for him for that one. But he's just been struggling. I mean, what do you think about Peyton Manning and his his struggles? He's not looking like the the quarterback he has been. Yeah, I just think I think that the injuries combined with just the injuries combined with him getting a little bit older. I will get uh are just are starting to catch up. Um if I think if he was completely healthy he'd have a much better season. Uh 
I can tell you I have had, I have dealt with uh, at a point, uh, plantar fasciitis, which is one of the injuries that he's had, and it's debilitating at times. It's uh, it's tough to walk on it. Yeah, I've heard a lot about that particular injury and how bad it can be. Um, but here's a question for you. He got benched uh, this past Sunday. He got benched. Uh, so the question I ask you is, is there a likelihood that Peyton Manning will end up getting benched again, and then the next time he gets benched, he'll basically be done. He won't be starting again this season. No, I I think we'll see him back. It's Peyton Manning. I think we'll see him back. Uh, yeah, don't count. Never, I, I never count these athletes out. Never. Uh, yeah, no, he he'll definitely be back. All right, there you go. All right, so um, yeah, Peyton's struggling. Um, Andrew Luck has been unhealthy. He hasn't been really playing. When he has played, he hasn't been playing very well. Uh, and then you, you look at the, you know the season. You know you look at this week that just passed, and there are only now two teams, two teams that are still undefeated uh, on this NFL season. Two teams. How how like how how is that? And the two teams, one of them is not a surprise, you know, the New England Patriots, because, you know, they got something to prove this season after what happened in all season. But the Carolina Panthers, who are our opponents this coming Sunday, are still undefeated. How, I mean, what do you think about that? That's, you know what, that's crazy. But uh, more power, you know, power, you know, good, uh, good on them. Uh, you know, uh, Cam Newton's been playing out of his mind, Superman there, and uh, – they're just they're playing they're playing they're just playing right they're, everything's clicking and sometimes you get them a roll and things click. Um I do for a loss soon. Uh maybe this week him hint, I don't know. Uh we'll we'll find time will tell, but uh yeah, um I'm interested to see if they can keep this up. It's uh but it's definitely neat to see. Right. Yeah, I mean they they have been you know rolling on all cylinders uh, on all on, in all facets of the game. You know Cam Newton's been doing well. They're starting to run the ball a little bit more. Um, Cam is starting to utilize his you know his his his, his receivers a lot more. Um, and that's why you know when everybody you know who's a Redskins fan says, "Oh, we're gonna beat uh, we're gonna beat Carolina," that that that, I'd be like. Uh, not so fast, my friend. Let's 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 yeah. think about this for a second here. Let's, yeah. let's 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 be let's be realistic here. I mean, again, this team has is undefeated right now. They they gotten that way. They've gotten there based on you know really good play and doing what they got to do on the field. Let's 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 not you know sit here and think that you know we're going to be the team that you know can break that you know undefeated streak. You know. Absolutely, but I will say this though, and this is this is the God's honest truth. I've said this to a couple of people: if we turn around and we beat Carolina and end their undefeated streak, real real talk, can't nobody tell me shit. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying? Can't nobody tell me nothing. <laughs> no. But um, but like I said, I'm. 
I'm I'm not holding my breath, you know. I'm not holding my blur, my breath. Now, if they play as well as they did against uh, New Orleans this past Sunday, I think they have a shot. Don't you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, my question to you though is, what do the Redskins really have to do to um, to to stop Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers? Oh man. Uh, you keep him in the pocket. Don't let him run around like he does. You got to keep him in the pocket and uh, try and get to him as quick as you can. <laughs> but uh, yeah, make make him throw the ball more than run the ball. Okay, uh, that's interesting. I think that they need to do that. The Redskins need to do the same thing with Carolina as they did with New Orleans. Control time of possession. Keep camming that offense on the sidelines as long as possible. And, you know, not rely too much on Kirk Cousins. Like, Kirk Cousins throwing the ball 25 to 30 times, I'm fine with that. Because it's obvious that when he throws the ball 25 to 30 times in a game, he does all right. You know, he's not out there winging it around and end up throwing interception after interception. The less he throws, the better he is. You got you have two competent, talented running backs uh, who are pretty healthy and young and can go out there and really grind out a game. You know, Alfred Morris is that you know big power bruiser back who go, who goes downhill and will wear down a defense. Matt Jones that change of pace. He's a little bit more shiftier, speedier, and can actually uh, have a big role in the passing game. And then you also have Chris Thompson who is like a wild card in that backfield because he's definitely a, a, a threat in the passing game. So if the Redskins can keep Cam Newton and that offense on the bench for pretty much the duration of that game, I think the Redskins have a shot to to win this. But if they go out there and have a lot of quick drives, a lot of three and outs, or a lot of quick scoring drives, and they allow the defense to be out there for it, you know, an extended period of time against this uh, that offense, the Redskins are going to be in trouble. Absolutely. So, um, so the Thursday night, you know, the Thursday night game coming up tomorrow, you have uh, Jacksonville hosting uh, Tennessee. Now, you know that these two teams uh, split their two minis last year, and – the, the wins came at home for each team, Tennessee winning at their home and Jacksonville winning at their home. This is in Jacksonville. So what are your thoughts on this Thursday night game? Oh, you know what? Tennessee's been playing pretty well lately. I, I'm going to go Tennessee. I think they've been playing really well. I think they're going to keep this, uh, keep this little ball rolling that they're having. Tennessee is, you know, coming off a loss last week to Carolina, but again, I mean, the last nine or ten opponents that face Carolina lost, so, I mean, you really can't look at it that way, uh, but I tend to agree with you. I think that Tennessee does um, have something, you know, does, I think we'll do something. Jacksonville's win on Sunday against the Ravens shouldn't have happened. No, absolutely not. And you know why, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah the the officials uh, the officials little blunder there. 
Exactly. For those of y'all who may not know what we're talking about, uh, the officials gaffed in terms of uh, Jacksonville uh, when it came down to, like, the last few seconds of the game uh, when uh, when the quarterback snapped the ball to set up for the field goal, he was trying to stop the clock. Uh, a few of the players were not set when the ball was snapped, and and the referees were supposed to call either a legal procedure or a false start, which would have caused a 10-second runoff, and it would have ended the game. But they didn't call it. They didn't call it. Uh, they didn't call for uh, they didn't call for the illegal procedure or the false start. Uh, Jacksonville was able to set up, kick the game winning field goal to win twenty two to twenty. The referee, uh, uh, an executive in the NFL who was in charge of referees, was uh, told, excuse me, told Coach Harbaugh, you know, they go- they goof, but it's like, yeah, they goof, but you can't change the outcome. And the record Absolutely. book is going to say. It's been the record books is going to say that Jacksonville beat Baltimore on week 10 by a score of 22 to 20. That's all it's going to say. It's not going to be one of those, oh, they won 22 to 20, but. But the technically. Referees to help them. <laughs> yeah. You know, but technically, the referees help. You know, it's not going to be that way. It's going to be, it's going to be simply put, they beat them. And I'm going to say something. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not I'm not a huge Ravens fan. I am friends with people who are. And I will go on the record and say that the Ravens got really hosed and screwed on Sunday. And that and I really just I feel bad for them because they're already having a tough season and the last thing they needed was when they have a one point lead to have the referees miss a call like that that could have gave them the victory and instead caused them to lose. That just that just sucks. Oh, absolutely, absolutely! It's like one of those like kick me while I'm down type things. Exactly, you know, it's like that, you hit the nail right on the head. Like it is one of those like, yeah, just go ahead and just kick me in the ribs while I'm down here, you know. <laughs> and you know, why you why you down there? Kick me in the nuts too, something. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to you know, talk about another game. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay they beat the Cowboys ten to six last week. They continue their romp through the NFC East. They go against Philly uh, on this Sunday at one o'clock. So, do you think that Philly will will take take care of Tampa Bay, especially given the fact that Bradford may or may not play? You know what? I know my uh, I know all my relatives up in Philly would uh, would absolutely throw snowballs at me and Santa Claus if I don't say that yes, the Eagles will beat the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> short, short and to the point. I, I, that's what's up. <laughs> I will say this. Um, the um, the last five times these two teams have played each other, um, the uh, Eagles have won three of those five meetings. Their last meeting was back on October 13th, uh, two years ago. Excuse me, and they won that game uh thirty one to twenty. Um they were pretty evenly matched in terms of uh yardage and attempts and everything and turnovers, but it was just that Philly was able to, to, to pull that one out to get the victory. So I think that even if Sanchez plays, I think that Chip Kelly can you know can incorporate some of that zone read 
and that you know option read um, offense into his into the game plan and keep that defense on it uh, on its toes. I think that they have a chance to, you know, they have a chance to win this one, you know, because I'm the type. I'm the type that I say that Chip Kelly's offense run, you know, goes way too fast. It goes too fast. And what ends up happening is their defense ends up getting gassed, and that's how offenses, opposing team offenses can, like, gash, you know, gash them up, and they end up losing games. But I think that with this Tampa Bay Bucks offense, you know, being led by James Winston, who is a rookie, um, I think that even if they go at their normal, that normal fast pace, even though that pace that they've been going on hasn't been as fast as the first, last two seasons, that you know, you know, the first couple of seasons that Chip Kelly's been in Philadelphia, but I think that dealing with a rookie quarterback and an offense that really doesn't boast a lot of weapons and a lot of, you know, a lot of weapons and a lot of fanfare, I think that the Eagles will still definitely have a chance to just, you know, take them down. Absolutely. So, uh, another, there's a couple games that, you know, I want to definitely talk about, and they're mostly, like, this this Sunday, four, the, the three late games this coming Sunday are all divisional games. Uh, so I want to start with, you know, with the AFC uh, West showdown between Kansas City and San Diego. So, you know, what are you thinking about when it comes to that matchup between division rivals? I think that's going to be a game. I think Kansas City, uh, you know, Kansas City, uh, they're, Kansas City's been playing pretty well. Uh, you know, I'm surprised that San Diego is, you know, I'm surprised San Diego is where they are right now. Uh, I, yeah, I just, I like Kansas City better. You know, I've always been a fan of um, of good old Amy Reed there. So uh, I, you know, I I gotta go with Kansas City. Okay. Oh, uh, just you know, a bit of breaking news. I'm pretty sure you already know. But a bit of breaking news: uh, the Capitals were victorious in Detroit tonight by a score of two to one. So the Caps get a victory um, in overtime, actually. Yeah, I can tell you, yeah, I uh I was actually gonna mention that uh if Denny Kuznetsov put the uh breakaway for the uh, game winning goal over time there. There you go. So yeah, the Capitals get that victory. They're um so that's a that's a good positive right there. Now, um speaking of Casey and San Diego, San Diego has surprised the hell out of me in terms of their play because they've just not been playing very well. I mean, I don't hear much about them. Philip Rivers I mean, Philip Rivers is having a de- having a decent season. Um, he's actually having a decent season. He's going for three thousand and thirty three yards, nineteen touchdowns, and seven ints. But I mean, it's just it just you know they haven't really been on the radar. And then you know KC, Alex Smith's been having a pretty okay season, twenty one hundred seventy three uh, passing yards, ten touchdowns, three picks. He's at least thrown. Touchdown passes to wide receivers. If everybody remembers, he went the entire season without throwing a single touchdown pass to a wide receiver. So at least now he's throwing to a wide receiver. So, but I think that 
the one thing about KC is even though uh even though they lost Jamal Charles for the year due to a knee injury, uh and I'm probably gonna butcher the hell out of his name, but uh Shachandrick West has been a superior bright spot on that team's running game, you know, being able to keep that running game good with Jamal Charles being absent. He's been the primary back. So I think that KC will definitely KC will definitely give San Diego a run for their money and might even come out with the victory to go to five and five while San Diego will continue their slide to the basement. Absolutely. Now here's another matchup I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know, everybody knows when anybody in the NFC North gets together, it's it's something to watch. And, of course, when you have Green Bay, Minnesota, that's definitely going to be something to, to look at. And that's who that's what it's going to be this coming Sunday, Green Bay visiting Minnesota. You know, Aaron Rodgers has struggled. Like, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have struggled the last uh, few games. So do you think that, you know, they'll, they'll finally – kill their struggles against Minnesota, you think Minnesota might have a shot? You know what? I think Minnesota – I definitely think uh, – I think the Packers are going to do this. Uh, you, can't, you can't – you can't – I can't root against the Packers. Uh, you know, whenever, whenever you have Aaron Rodgers, and I think they'll uh, – I think they'll break out of their funk. I think they'll uh, definitely uh, – I think they'll – I think they'll play their game, and I think they'll uh, beat the uh, – Beat the Vikings there. I do. I do know that you know Teddy Bridgewater. Everybody knows he left the game, uh, the last game this past Sunday with a concussion. So there's going to be a question of whether or not he actually uh, plays. So um, that's something to look out for. But I, you're right though. I think that uh, Green Bay gets out of that funk. You know, Aaron Rodgers still has, um, you know, MVP-type numbers so far, 2,270 yards passing, 21 touchdowns, and then only three INTs. So he's still playing at a great, at a high level. You know, James Starks is, you know, basically working his, you know, working it as the primary receiver for the, um, I mean, primary running back for the, for the Packers, and of course, you know James Jones getting his second goal with the the Packers, playing very well. Um, caught he's caught 24 passes for 483 yards this season and six touchdowns. Uh, so I think that that's going to be something to look at right there. Um, Eddie Lacy is day to day with a groin injury on that one, um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Teddy Bridgewater's day to day, he's uh with his concussion. So again, another situation you're gonna have to you know, it's a wait and see sort of situation. Um so and then the other divisional matchup that's gonna be in the um in the in the in the late game, it is going to be San Francisco and Seattle. What do you think about that one? That is going to be an interesting one. Uh, San Francisco, I expected a lot more from them this season. Um, and Seattle, we you know you always knew they were going to be there. Um, 
you know what, I I got to go with Seattle just because they're, you know, because they're at home. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, just uh, pretty much because they're at home and uh, just uh, points per game-wise, uh, Seattle's got a little more points per game. So uh, I will with the uh, Seattle Seahawks at home. Seattle, you know, played a pretty good game on Sunday night. Played a pretty good game. But it's just not the same Seattle team as they have been in the past. You know, uh, Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode, hasn't been really been uh, Beast Mode uh, recently. He's been struggling. Uh, Russell Wilson's been trying to carry the load and has been – you know, mostly and largely ineffective. Uh, Jimmy Graham, who had a, who's been ama- who was amazing in, in New Orleans as a tight end, has been anything but in his uh, time in Seattle. Though he's had some flashes. Um, you look at San Francisco, and Jesus Christ, that that team is a mess. They yeah. benched they benched uh, Colin Kaepernick. They benched him for Blaine Gabbard. Who is an absolute? Who's an absolute joke? I mean, let's be for real. He's an absolute joke. There's a reason why Jacksonville ran his ass out of town, and he ended up in San Francisco. He's an absolute joke. Um, he's only had he's had one start, which was this past Sunday, fifteen to twenty five, one eighty five, two touchdowns, two ints. He's a joke. He's a freaking joke. And they really think that Blaine Gabbert is going to at least, you know, help them salvage the season. I say they're 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 delusional, and their fans they believe that he's going to ride the ship and um, salvage this season. They're delusional as well. I yeah, think Seattle's going to take this one. Yeah, they're definitely drinking Kool Aid. Whatever's in that Kool Aid, they need to keep it from me. <laughs> you know, keep that crap away from me because I don't want none of that. My, I don't want none of that garbage. Yeah, no, thank you. But um, but I mean that was that's I'm excited to see how those late games turn out because they're all divisional uh, matchups. The Sunday night game is the previously unbeaten Cincinnati Bengals against Arizona, but the the big game will be Monday night. Um, Buffalo will have a chance to um. um to end the undefeated streak of the New England Patriots. So do you think that Buffalo can do it? You know what? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Buffalo's got a uh, pretty good – you know, Buffalo's been having a pretty decent season. And I, uh, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to upset the New England Patriots on Monday night. You heard it here first. So now I guess you're drinking their Kool-Aid. Oh, absolutely. It's good Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you why drinking that Kool-Aid is, 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 is a dumb move, okay? Okay. Now, Rex Ryan, unlike his brother who got fired from New Orleans because his defense sucked and he made Kirk Cousins look like a Hall of Famer, Rex Ryan is a defensive guru. He's a defensive genius. And you know he he's going to have that defense of 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 the Bills like pumping going going in, but then you have Tom Brady. I mean, what else can you say about Tom Brady? This man has only thrown three interceptions through nine games. 
three interceptions through nine games of the season, and he has thrown 24 touchdown passes. And you really think that Buffalo will be able to stand up to that? Nah. I don't Absolutely. see it. You know what? I just don't you see know it. what? I'm going to quote Herb Brooks here from Miracle. They might beat Buffalo 99. You know, they might play Buffalo 100 times. Buffalo, uh, New England might beat Buffalo 99 times, but not Sunday, not that day. That that Sunday, they beat the uh, Patriots, and they shut them down because they can. Well, you got to think about something. They've already played each other earlier this season with New England winning that game 40-32. So it's not like, you know, this is their first time facing each other. And, then I mean, New England – New England dominated, I mean, I wouldn't say dominated that game, but they basically, you know, aired it out on these guys in order to win that game. They had 466 passing yards in that game against 56 rushing yards. And they only had two turnovers. Buffalo had one more turnover than them, which is probably what, you know, ultimately led to them losing that game. But let's let's be for real here. I mean, New England, they haven't gotten this, you know, far being undefeated, you know, without it, you know, with it being an accident. It wasn't an accident. I will say that. It was, you know, definitely, they definitely did what they had, have done what they had to do in order to get to that point and be undefeated. You know, they're they're undefeated, for Christ's sake. They beat beat the Redskins. They beat the Redskins. Come on, man. Let's be for real. Yeah. (laughs) But um, let's see. And then, again, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Tony Romo is is scheduled to return after being out for um, after being out for the um, for the last two months. He will make his return in Miami uh, against the Dolphins. So my question to you is, does he have a good return? And you know, do the Cowboys finally get a win? Or will it be just the same old, same old? I think it's going to be the same old, same old. Uh, I I think it's going to take him a um, at least two games to get back into playing at the NFL speed against an NFL team instead of just practicing against his own team. I think uh, you know, I I think the uh, Dolphins take this one at home and. Uh, yeah, I think they take it at home, and I think it's going to take. I think we're going to see Tony Romo uh, as good as the Cowboys fans think he will be. I think we're going to see him struggle a little bit coming out of the gate here. I tend to agree. Ever since Joe Philbin got fired in Miami, it just seems like that there's been a fire lit under the asses of Miami Dolphins. Like these guys have just been playing unbelievable. I mean, they are. Granted, they are in fourth place in the AFC East, but remember, the the top team is the Patriots, who are undefeated. So that's something to think about. Um, and then, you know, the Cowboys, they need to definitely get the running game going again. Darren McFadden is actually, you know, playing somewhat of a full season. He hasn't really he hasn't really missed a game uh, so far this year he started three of these games especially after Joseph Randall was let go and he's rushed for 494 yards and two touchdowns in just his um in just his uh eighth season with uh in the league 
um, after spending his time over in Oakland, it seems like he's gotten uh, basically a revitalization here. But they need to get him in, in that running game going, especially with Tony Romo just coming back from injury and trying to get himself, you know, back into game shape. So um, I definitely – I will – and this is not my, you know, Redskins bias, so anybody listening think I'm just making this pick because I'm, you know, a Redskins fan, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. I just think that – and you said it, and everybody's saying it, Tony Romo just coming back after being gone for uh, seven weeks. He's not going to go out there and light it up that first game back. He's going to be a struggle. I think Miami takes advantage of that and they get the victory. Um, Absolutely. And then, uh, so I do, I I just want to ask you a question. Like, were you surprised that Rob Ryan got fired this week? Not really. Have you seen his defense? <laughs> no. Uh, not, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But no, I mean, go ahead. No, go ahead with your thought, though. Yeah, no. It, it, when the bottom line, his defense wasn't getting it done. Uh, it seemed like it, sometimes uh, players tune out of coach sometimes for some reason. And uh, that kind of looks like what it looks like happened. And, uh, yeah, bottom line, the defense wasn't getting the job done. Rob Ryan came into New Orleans, I think, like a couple of years ago, and they did they did pretty well his first you know first a couple of years there, but it seems like that defense has declined uh, since since then, and ultimately that decline has led to Rob Ryan now being on the unemployment line looking for a new job. I mean. The fact that you you give up 500 plus yard, uh, yards of offense total to a team like the Redskins who have struggled offensively, that just is a telltale sign that you need to get the hell out. And that's what they did. They said, "Yeah, you need to get the hell out now." And I mean, like I said, Rob Ryan has been an okay you know, defensive coordinator. He's not his brother. I'll say that much because his brother is very good with defenses. But I mean, it just showed goes to show you that yeah, this go around was just like uh, yeah, you you got it. You you need to go. You, you need to go. You need to go. Uh, all right. So I'm having fun. I don't know about y'all. I'm having fun. Matter of oh, fact, you guys, we still have less than fifth. We still have less than fifteen minutes left in the show. If y'all want to call in and talk about, you know, some of the things we've talked about, you know, feel free to call in. The number is 347-215-8558. Like I said, we have less than 15 minutes left on the show. Feel free to call in and talk, you know, about some of the things we've talked about. I do have a rant, though. I do have a rant. You know, I have a rant. um, And it's basically from what transpired uh, just the other other night on Monday Night Raw. Now... Hmm. Everybody knows I'm a big wrestling fan, and Monday Night Raw is basically this was the uh, the go home show uh, before Survivor Series, which is taking place this Sunday uh, on the WWE Network. Um, the end, the show ended with a contract signing between the current Divas Champion uh, Charlotte Ric Flair's daughter and her challenger 
uh, Paige, who's a two-time Divas champion. Now, during that uh, contract signing uh, segment, uh, Paige made a very controversial remark about Charlotte's brother Reed Flair, who everybody knows passed away from uh, uh, passed away at a young age. Uh, I believe it was from a drug overdose. I may be wrong on that, uh, but I think that's what it was. And she made a very a very controversial comment about that, which led to a fight, and that how that's how the show ended. The backlash that Paige has received from that remark has on social media has been just off the charts. Um, there's been a lot of people who've, you know, sat and been like, you know, what in the hell was she thinking about this and the third? This is my rant here. People, you got to realize something. There is no way in the hell Charlotte would, not, not, I mean, there's no way in the hell that Paige would have said something like that without it being even given to her by the writers and and also cleared through Charlotte herself. And then another thing, Paige is a friggin' heel for Christ's sake. She's a bad person. Her character is bad. That means that she's supposed to say fucked up shit like that because she's a bad person. She's a bad girl. But everybody all talking all this and that and everything like that, guess what? That means she just did her job right. If you're talking about it and you hate it and you loathe and hate her, then she has done her job. But please don't go on social media and try to get all high and mighty and make it seem like you're better than her because she said some stuff like that. Because there's some of y'all out there, and I'm I'm being so serious, there's some of y'all out there that damn sure are not holier than that, that try to act holier than now, but you are nowhere near it. So you really should not throw stones when some of y'all live in glass houses. And that's that's some real stuff right there. Let Charlotte let 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 Paige be let Paige be great. Let her be a heel. Let her say some effed up stuff. Cause like I said, you're gonna hate her. I should know something about this. I mean, I do it myself with the uh, BWA. I say some really fucked up shit to make people hate me because I'm a bad guy. So I say fucked up shit to make people hate me. So does my partner in crime in, in at that place. We all both say some really fucked up shit just to make and girl characters do. So stop going on social media and trying to go on a morals quest. Stop it. Because all you're doing is making yourself look like a complete effing idiot. That's all you're doing. Make yourself look like an idiot. And that's all I have to say about that. Oh, I, I, I you know what? I got to tell you, I totally agree. I, uh, Totally agree. You know, it, they they wouldn't have had her say that if it wasn't uh, if she uh, if she didn't have to go ahead from Charlotte herself. You know, especially. So that's that's an awesome rant there. Thank you, thank you. I know that um, that Charlotte's mo- uh, mother and Ric Flair's ex-wife and then Ric Flair himself, you know, all had something to say about that. Uh, Charlotte's mother was not a fan. Of it was he. She was not a fan of what was said. She was not a fan of what was said about that. Ric Flair. He said he didn't know anything about it, and he it actually made him upset when it was said. 
But I mean, I I just you know people gotta understand that wrestling is edgy. It's it's in your face. The characters when they're bad, they're they're real dicks and Absolutely. bitches and everything like that. And the good and the good guys are like like heroes. You know, it's not you know it's not really much like the Attitude Era where you know the good guy was the anti-hero and. The bad guy was just, you know, was an ultra dick. I mean, in this day and age, a bad guy or a bad girl, they're a dick, but they're not an ultra dick. Oh. <laughs> and that's just, you know, and that's just what people need to need to understand. They need to understand that that's what it's going to be like. That's what it's going to be like is that they're going to say some fucked up shit. Just deal with it. Just deal with it. Period. What else are you gonna do about it? You gonna stop watching? You know how many Tim, I'm pretty sure you've seen it too. Do you know how many <laughs> times do you know how many fucking times someone on social media is watching wrestling, whether it be WWE, TNA, ROH, um, New Japan, what have you, they see something that happens on there that they don't like, they don't agree with, and they go on social media and the first thing they say is well, I'm not watching this no more, blase, blase. And then what happens 24 hours later? So I'm They're watching this show now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, it's yeah. like, really, dude? Like, I can't take you seriously when you're flip-flopping yeah. like that. I just can't. Because yeah. the bottom line is that, the bottom line is that you're going to watch the product anyway. You can't sit there and say you're not because they do something that you don't agree with, you're going to watch. Period. You're going to watch. And you're going to continue to buy their merchandise. You're going to continue to, you know, pay your money for whatever the hell, you know, for tickets to an event, what have you, what have you. And it's just going to happen. You just, you know, just deal with it. You know, stop trying to, you know, take the moral high ground. Stop trying to, you know, think that you not watching is going to, you know, change the world. It's definitely not going to change the world. You're not reinventing the wheel. You're not inventing the wheel. All you're doing is making yourself look like a whiny little punk and just going on saying, well, I'm not going to watch this anymore because this person won a championship and I don't like them. That's nice. In the meantime, what are you going to do to fill that time? Fill that time? Nothing. Play video games and get bitchy with them? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody, somebody stop me before I really go in. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So speaking of, so speaking of of wrestling again, Survivor Series is this Sunday, and of course, you know, after Seth Rollins, who was the world champion, um, injured his knee at a show in Dublin. Uh, for those of y'all who may not know, uh, who didn't know about this, I'll break it down for you. Uh, Seth Rollins is wrestling Kane in a match in a in a, in a live event at, in Dublin as part of the Europe the UK uh, tour that WWE was on this past week uh, like two weeks ago um, prior to getting ready for summer for Survivor Series. Uh, Seth Rollins tried to go for a sunset flip into a powerbomb reversal from the top rope, and he landed extremely awkwardly on his on his leg, and. He ended up, it was his uh, right leg, and he ended up pretty much blowing his knee out. 
He had a torn ACL, torn MCL, and significant damage to his meniscus. Ouch is all I can say. Ouch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so because of that, you know, because of that injury, he had to have surgery, and his recovery time is expected to be six to nine months. So, of course, he had to relinquish the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. So a tournament has been going on for the last couple weeks to determine who was going to be the new World Heavyweight Champ. Um, the quarterfinals took place last night on, on – I mean, not last night, uh, Monday night on Raw – and the semifinals are now set. Summer uh, Survivor Series is going to have three – have already had three matches set for that event, and it's going to be the World Champion, Heavyweight Championship uh, Tournament. Uh, Roman Reigns is going to be facing off – who was he facing? Crap. I should, I should have remembered this, but I don't, <laughs> which is very embarrassing. Um, I know Dean Ambrose is uh, – Roman Reigns is facing, I think, Kevin Owens, and uh, Dean Ambrose is facing uh, Alberto Del Rio. Now, I may have it wrong, but um, that's what, I know that those are the four men that are in the semifinals. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that along with the uh, Divas Championship match between Charlotte and Paige. That should be a good one. Um, it's going to be a good event. And you definitely want to check that. I'm definitely going to check that out. What about you, Tim? You going to check out oh, some services? Uh, absolutely. No, that's right. You must got you got the network, don't you? Oh yes, I do. Can we tell people how good the WWE Network is, though? It's awesome. You get to watch oh, you get to watch classic stuff on there. You get you get things that nobody can you know you you get you get to watch shows that nobody else can watch. After Raw goes off, you get Special shows after Raw goes off. It's great. I'm I'm gonna be real honest with you. Like, I actually was watching the uh, the Go Home show to WrestleMania 15 that took place back in 1999. Uh, that was the show where The Rock and the corporation got given was given a beer bath, and um. The main event was Big Show versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I got to watch that show. I mean, right now they they've start they got uh, Attitude Era Raws from late '97 all the way up to the end of 1999 so far, and I'm pretty sure they're going to put up more uh, over time. And they also now have SmackDowns up uh, pretty uh, pretty uh, going back pretty far from its debut show. So I, I think going into 2005, I think. So, you know, if you don't have the WWE Network and you're a wrestling fan, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, you're definitely missing out. <laughs> Dude, I'm just saying, they are. And uh, real quick, because now we're at the two-minute warning here, real quick, uh, as I just mentioned, I do do um, – I do. I am part of a wrestling organization up in Baltimore, known as the Baltimore Elite Wrestling Alliance. Uh, I am a manager for. Uh, I'm one of the managers for a stable known as the Commission, and um, it's been a, a really fun, fun experience. Uh, I grew up a wrestling fan, and now I get to do this. It's awesome. You know, I love it. And we have a show coming up this Saturday, and I'll make sure I share the link. 
to the videos um, on my on my fan page, uh, DC's People's Champ. Uh, but I just got the hit hit that we're in 90 seconds, so I'm just gonna go ahead and run down what's coming up for the rest of the week. Uh, Tim, first off, before I do that, Tim, uh, thank you again for sitting in for my boy Phil and um, you know bringing your knowledge of sports and everything like that. I definitely appreciate it. Oh, definitely, Champ. It was awesome. All right, and then for all y'all listening, you know that TSOTS, we're on. We're going to be on uh, for another four days this week. You know, we got the Skybox tonight. Tomorrow night, we got Mike Check with myself, uh, the Bishop Eddie Kang, and Queen Poison. We're going to be talking about mashups. That's going to be a fun conversation. Uh, Friday, it's a Q&A session for uh, his and hers, so you want to definitely check that out. Saturday, it's a special edition of The Hangout. Uh, so you want to definitely check that out Saturday night. And then Sunday morning at 10, um, uh, the Bishop Eddie Kang and the, and Dulce Diva will be talking about um, forgiveness, the power of forgiveness on the refresh. Uh, so remember, all the shows this um, tomorrow night, Friday night, and Saturday night all begin at 10 p.m. The refresh is 10 a.m. And also make sure you follow, make sure you follow us on Twitter uh, at TSOTX Productions. Um, make sure that you are uh, following our Instagram at um, Two Sides of the Story. Uh, make sure you follow us on Tumblr, Two Sides of the Story. Check out our official Facebook group, uh, Facebook uh, TSOTS Presents Scott, the Skybox. And also make sure you check out our official TSOTS Productions Facebook page. Just search um, it's facebook.com slash T-S-O-T-S. Um, you can also follow uh, yours truly on Twitter. My Twitter handle is DC's People's Champ. Uh, Tim, you have Twitter? Yeah, actually, it's uh, Intern Tim. There you go. Yeah, because, you know, everybody like don't know that my boy Tim was actually the intern for the boxer show. And... Um, and he had some memorable experiences with that. So, yeah, make sure y'all follow him, intern Tim, and, you know, interact with him. I'm pretty sure he'll answer any questions you have about hockey and stuff like that. Or, you Absolutely. know, show you some silly pictures. Or show you some silly pictures or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, also make sure you follow, again, TSOTS production, production on Twitter. And um, we'll see you guys tomorrow night for my check. And for you sports fans, we'll see you next Wednesday for another episode of Skybox. So for uh, my boy, the um, the ever eclectic DJ Tiny Tim, uh, <laughs> I am DC's People's Champ. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show, and we will we look forward to seeing you next time. And have a good night, Tim. Thank you again, my friend. Oh, not a problem, buddy. It was awesome.